the default state of a human being is to be in a state of um, relaxation, is in a state of peace with itself. And when I speak about true nature, this is what true nature is. Welcome to the Morning Ritual Podcast. Meditations and conversations to set the tone for your day. That was a little snippet from my conversation with Laurent Roux. In today's episode, the Morning Ritual joins forces with the Penny Drops podcast. As you know, the Morning Ritual is all about conversations and meditations to set the tone for your day. And the Penny Drops is all about being healthy, happy, and living life to the fullest. I'm Lily, and I'm joined with Laurent. To sum it up for our listeners, Laurent and I have completely different backgrounds. We come from totally different places, but we both love to explore and share mindful movement, breathwork, meditation, and tools to living a more embodied, and dare I say, easy life. One of the themes we often explore is this concept of doing less to receive more. And that's what we'll dive into today. We'll talk about this in the context of movement, breathwork, and meditation, but of course what we practice on the yoga mat and on the meditation cushion bleeds into the rest of our lives. So, Laurent, in one of your recent blog posts you wrote, doing less enables us to confront our true nature, receive more, and learn from the experience. Could you break that down for us? Oh my goodness. <laughs> the first thing we need to understand is, depending what your um, practice is, um, I think to be able to understand this concept of receiving more from doing less, uh, perhaps we are, we we need to already have a a practice which has been very active in the past. And I, okay. I must be clear right from the start, being very active in a, in a practice is not negative, it's not bad, but it has its pers- purpose in the time. So I put you in a context. When in my own practice, before I was an Ashtangi, which is a much more forceful pre- practice. Um, and this obviously had an effect of... Uh, um, giving me a sense of strength and stamina and force, etc. But during that period, I never was taught to do less, or perhaps I was not taught properly. I'm not too sure. It's only in time that I slowly, slowly receive other uh, options to do my practice, and I was doing less. And then I started seeing a, a different realm, a different world. Um, and also a different, getting a different benefit. I don't want to alienate, alien completely erase the idea that we shouldn't do something dynamic and strong in that because he got his own purpose. However, the default state of a human being is to be in a state of um, relaxation. It's in a state of peace with itself. And when I speak about true nature, this is what true nature is. It's rediscovering uh, this nature that we were experiencing in the womb of our mothers, except if the mothers was not uh, relaxed herself. But generally, let's speak generally, within the womb and the fluidity of the womb, that peace, that calm, 
where we were able to grow, we were able to 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 expand as a body, as a, as a, as a human being. The only reason we were able to do that is because we were in a place of calm and peace. And suddenly we go out of this, we go out of this, and we are confronted with the world, and the world give us learning, pain, discomfort, suffering. Well, not just that, there's happiness as well, but we are learning new things and we're losing a little bit a sense of, uh, of peace that we were experiencing before. And then the, the older we get, the more we're losing it as well. And we have, we've got the children, we go education, we go relationship, we go paying our taxes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So can we slow down a bit? Can we go back or try at least to try to go towards a place which is a true nature, which is a place of calm? This is the just to this this is the the, the, the description of deep relaxation, basically. Mm, yeah. So I'm picturing yoga class. You're going through a strong flow. And you're trying to really push deep into the posture and you're thinking, okay, if I take this further, if I take this further, I'm going to get to the perfect posture. When in reality, if you slow it down, ease out of the shape a little bit and come to, you know, do less, that state of relaxation and groundedness is actually where the growth and the change lies so it's not even working with the physical body at that moment it's it's actually working with the mind and i think the ego because our ego wants to push 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 to be somewhere that maybe you're not but ironically to get the change you have to shed that ego a little bit well we have to to shed what is not necessary i believe that we need to start from something dynamic to be able to face that ego and then to realize it's not beneficial. I never regret the fact that I, I pushed, I've done very strong practices because now I am able to, to see that. I don't think doing less in a practice and giving it to a young beginner in yoga practice, in movement, even in the world of breath work, even in the work of meditation, somehow, we need to be confronted with our ego and we need to be confronted with our strengths and our strong and realize that part of it need to be kept and part of it need to be uh, shared away completely. So I, I believe we need to go through that stage. So when I see some people doing a lot of very strong uh, yoga practice or movement practice, very powerful, or even breath work practice, because it's a very big thing at the moment, that strong bring. I say, well, that's not, I know how better it could be, but I know that's necessary to be experienced. And then realization comes along. Ah, okay, if I do less, I'm going to receive this subtlety. I'm going to receive this uh, sensorial feedback, which I couldn't feel when I was in a very strong position. I think we need to build up the, the strong position, the alignment, the place where we have to do something with a dogmatic in a dogmatic way. It's about learning. So be like a child learning the alphabet. 
is very lineage, is very ABCDEF, I say it in French. But, uh, uh, you know, after that, when the child learned the alphabet, he's going to make the most beautiful uh, poems from it. It's the same with us. We need to learn the ego need to be teased. Then after that, the ego need to be calmed up a little bit. Yeah, it's, it makes me think of, you know, taking it from the alphabet to the vocab books and learning all these words. And as you mature and as you learn and as you get older, you learn that there's exactly. one word to sum up what would take 15 words to describe. So it is really exactly. like when I'm in Laurent's classes, we'll be laying on the ground, just moving our right big toe. And he'll say, this is not for beginners. This is advanced work. We're doing what seems like a very, very, very simple movement, but it's actually for advanced practitioners because you're shedding, shedding the fat, shedding the, the layers, shedding the um, desire to force, force, force. Exactly. And to, to be honest with you, one of the reasons why it's not for someone who's just starting, or I tell you what, for my experience teaching people, either you could, the person which is more senior in, a, in their practice can understand the benefit of it because they know how to start carrying studying. Or you have someone which is really, really clearly completely beginners and you can you never done any practices, not been uh, conditioned yet with any kind of alignment and anything. And then you could put a, that, that, that seed in their mind. And for them, it's, it's a total uh, new practice because if it's going to present challenges to change from such a, a um, yang practice to a yin practice. Now, be careful. I'm not... I'm not comparing this with the yin yoga practice. So this is another story. But, you know, suddenly we be or ego, ego based practice to something where we're using more intuition and sensitivity and senses and listening. The word listening is, is big time on this. Uh, that that is super tough. Uh, it's, it's super tough. I always have that little story. Um based on my own teacher. So my, my, my teacher, is, uh, she's Sandra Sabatini. She's a, a, a rare student of um, Vandas Caravelli, which uh, is a, a lady who created a very much a, a doing less method approach in yoga called Vandas Caravelli Inspire Yoga. And I always remember the story of Sandra telling me you know, Laurent, when I started uh, to learn uh, with Vanda, which was a difficult thing to do because Vanda was never teaching groups. He only teach one-to-one. -one. Um, so she, after convincing her for six or seven months to take her on board, she start, Vanda suddenly finally accepted. And the first six months of the practice was to lie down on the floor knee bend on the back and to breathe and that's it so, so you know sandra coming from a very aligned practice of bks ayanga ayanga practice where everything has to be done in a certain line in certain ways suddenly she arrived in a place where there's nothing to do and just being and she got really upset that annoyance 
that she um, uh, received from doing nothing um, teased her ego. And that's how she started realizing. And then Vanda said to her, well, before we do anything, you need to get rid of all the layers, the unnecessary, unnecessary layers of your yoga practice. And that's what she was doing with Vanda. So that's what we're trying to do. We are not forgetting our roots because we can't, and they are very important, but we are shading away what, what we don't want to, what is too um, unnecessary. We have to keep, so the practice has to be simple to be able to receive. Mm. Yeah. And I understand you have seven specific tips, practices to help you do less. I was thinking we could go one by one and kind of talk sure. about each of those. Sure. The, the first thing we need to do is it's at the base of the body. You know, when you want to let go, when you do want to do less, the first layer you need to look, it's the body. What does your body is doing? What does your body is at the moment? So if the, if you notice any agitation, any, any hyperactivity with the body, then somehow we need to relax the body. And, and Buddha, Buddha knew this. If you, if you look at the, the way the uh, Buddhist monks practice, they don't touch, they don't even study or meditate with a breath before they actually have worked with the body and had a, a very conscious feeling of the body and how relaxed they could do it. This is the first stage. And this is the first stage in any kind of meditation, any kind of um, introspective kind of practices, movement practice. Look at the way Feldenkrais, somatic, dancing. Look at the way the body is first looked and then prepared. And so to do less first, it's to look at your body. And, and, and people have a tendency of saying, okay, I want to relax and I want to, to do, and I'm, so I'm going to meditate. This is the wrong path because the body is tense. The mind is agitated. And they're going to try to slow down the mind to relax the body. It's the opposite. We, we need to relax the body to relax the mind. So that step number one. Step number two, it's obviously connecting with the breath and with your exhalation, with your breathing. It's a simple thing. And this is the, 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 the basis of um, returning to the uh, very calm branch of our autonomic nervous system, which is the parasympathetic branch of the autonomic nervous system, the, the, the place where we are aiming for to be calmer and, and, and more peaceful and also uh, allowing the body to, to be healthy, to function well. So the exhalation, when you elongate it, when you make it longer, it's, it's the time, it, it's, the, it's the way to, to reach this, this state. Hmm, yeah, and I want to mention for the morning ritual listeners, we obviously do so many meditations on this podcast, and the first two steps that we always do is feel your body settling into the earth beneath you, checking in that the body can relax. We connect to the breath and oftentimes lengthen that exhale. 
So you've had this experience yeah. of physically grounding before we even work with the mind. All the models that you find in yoga start with the body. If you look at the models of the eight limbs of Ashtanga or Pantajali, it starts from the body. Then it, start, it goes to the breath. If you look at the model of the koshas, and the first layer is your physical body. The second layer is the energetic body. And then after that is the layers for the mind and the senses. So the body is always first. And often students will come and they say, uh, uh, you know, someone which is extremely burnout, fatigue, busy, and, and they believe, they've been told that only the only thing they need to do is meditate. But they completely forget about the, the, the body. During my breathwork trainings, I, the first weekend, it's about the body before we get to the breath. And absolutely. So that's the two things. And the, but that might take a very long time for people to, to experience first, to work with. The third thing is it's something that I find very difficult myself. So, I, you know, my pride is setting an intention to do less. So intention, like in meditation, you have them, or in yoga nidra, you have them. Now, yoga nidra could be a very good pathway to actually bring that in as, a, as an experience. So repeating to yourself, okay, I'm doing less. To be honest with you, that's something something you could put do during your daily life. You know, you just realize you spend uh, uh, five hours in front of your computer and you need to, you know, trying to peel yourself away from the screen and doing less is very difficult. So you need a bit of a self push with that, with that intention. So then after that, you need to be, it's after that is the, it's more the meditative experience. So uh, meditation is not just about concentrating on one point. It's also being able to notice all the, what we are made of. So we, we need to turn into an explorer or an observer. Uh, this, deciding to do less, it's about experiencing. It's about, uh, because this is where you, you bump into the little place of the body, which is too agitated. So then you know where it happens and you know where you're going to need to make the changes and slowing down. If you realize your breathing is uh, very shallow or very agitated, then uh, you, if, when you observe that and you accept that, then uh, um, you you need to you, you you see it. Then you know what to do with it, or you're trying to do something with it, with techniques, with whatever it is. Okay, um, that's the fourth one. The fifth one. <laughs> the fifth one. It's letting go at goals and letting go at destinations. And this is very somatic. So Lily, you, we're working together on somatic often. And uh, somatic ask um, to not be uh, blinded by the idea or to finish something with a goal. Instead, it come back to the, the stage before is to stay very much an explorer and watching what's happening during the ex instead to say, oh, I need to do that position in this, that certain shape. Instead, what is happening during the moment I'm observing? And doesn't matter where it goes and whenever matter where it finishes. 
with specific goals, we, you know, we need to force ourselves into them. With no goals, we don't need to do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. And all of these, I can't help but apply to a current real-life situation in my life. So for our listeners, there may be something that you're working on, something you're striving for, and maybe you're, you've set some very strong goals for yourself. Possibly, from today's conversation, you might be able to look at that a little differently and kind of first step, slow down and physically feel your body, get your nervous system into a state of relaxation, come to the breath, right? But then these qualities of meditation, can you step back and be curious, be the observer, be the explorer, maybe see things in a different way to open up possibility? And even harder, let go of the goals for a moment. Let go of the destination of the desire to get there and lean into the journey a little bit. So yes, we're talking about yoga and movement and breath work and meditation, but I'm really interested in how all of that can shape our lives and the things we do in our daily life. And yeah, just a little food for thought as we go through these, of course, thinking about it in the way of movement, but also in the way of your life. Okay, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say something. If you practiced any listeners, you practice yoga nidra. Yoga nidra asks to forget about goals as well. And you said something very important: desire. You use the word desire, and in yoga nidra, that's what we are looking for. We are not looking for the goal, because if you are going working yourself through a goal, if it doesn't happen you're going to be disappointed and you're going to drop. However, if instead of the goal, you are looking what's happening in a moment, you have that resolve. Resolve is a better word or desire. Desire is a great word as well. Um, it's deeply into yourself. But the difference with the goal is that you let it floating within yourself. You let it happening. And then your subconscious at one point will grab that and make it happen, but you don't know when. And in that state of not knowing, just being, just listening, just peacefully being in the less, instead to be in the must do with a goal and that, you know, that, you know, I'm not saying goal is not, but again, I, I, I've got to be, goal is great. Sometimes you, you need one to, um, I remember having goals when I was a, a, a student and, and, you know, um, but in time, life, you, you, you might have a goal. I have a goal of, you know, finishing, uh, retiring in, in France, for example. If it doesn't happen, I'm going to be very upset. But I have a desire, a resolve to maybe I'm going to move in France one day. If it happens, it happens. But if it doesn't happen, I'm happy too. You know what I mean? Yeah, and there's more there's more opportunity for growth and opportunity yes. for learning. Yes. Yeah. And just effortlessness. How we we I think every listener here I could be wrong, but I think everyone wants to suffer less. Of course. And if you have this mentality, it's natural. Like, all suffering comes from the ego. Yeah. 
So when we can shed the ego, when we can shed the push, 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 go, 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 do, do, do all the time, we live a more peaceful, easy life. And I know we have a couple more tips, so I didn't want to go too off tangent, but the next That's one, okay. I think the next yeah, we one. Could, we could. We could do a podcast only on goals and then and resolve. That would be interesting. That would be wonderful. The the six uh, the six stage. You know the, the 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 deeper we go in those seven stages, the more difficult it becomes. So we always could come back to the stages before. But the next one is embracing the perf- the imperfections. That that's oh, a tough one. So hard. <laughs> how do we do this? I had a little a struggling perfectionist. We are imperfect beings to start with. So why are we fighting to not looking at imperfections? It, uh, you know, I think we, uh, you, Lily, and I, we have we have been told many times in our practice, and many of listeners who are doing practice, uh, you know, imperfection. You certainly heard teachers or or, or, or facilitate saying something like, you know. It, you're learning from your imperfection or you're learning from your injuries. You're learning from making mistakes. And I think this is very true, but we need to notice them though. It's no, no point, you know, it's, it's important to, uh, and, you know, and again, this is not for the person who just start. Uh, the person who will start will, will, will feel really uh, annoyed and upset when they're doing something wrong. So they need that, 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 dogmatic practice to put them in the right place and then again later on they will expand and leave out um, what, what what that that alignment and 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 then they're going to start seeing the imperfection then they're going to start seeing the the bad heap or, or the mind thinking about a lot of things during the you know all the things or the way the breathing goes wrong or this is part of the practice totally totally This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. One of the reasons why I love meditation is because I feel like it stretches time. So many of us, me included, wish that we had more time in the day. We can feel like we don't have enough time to do all the things we want to do. And one of the best ways to manage our time is to get super clear on what's truly important and make that a priority. I've found therapy to be a super helpful way to define my values and set boundaries. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, super convenient, and you get matched with a therapist to meet your specific wants and needs. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash morningritual to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash morning ritual. The morning ritual is sponsored by Recess Mood. One healthier alternative to alcohol after a stressful day is Recess Mood. So Recess Mood is a sparkling water and it's infused with functional ingredients like magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens. So you can relax without the alcohol or the hangover. Podcast listeners get 15% off the Recess Mood Sampler Pack at takearecess.com slash TMR. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and it comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. With only 20 calories and no added sugar, it's a guilt-free way to unwind. 
You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash TMR and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. The morning ritual is sponsored by Factor. Factor's ready-to-eat meals make eating healthier so much easier. These meals are chef-made, they're dietitian-approved, and delivered right to your door. With Factor, you have over 35 different options a week to choose from. There's no prep, there's no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to feast and eat. Just head to factormeals.com TMR50 and use code TMR50 to get 50% off. That's code TMR50 at factormeals.com slash TMR50 to get 50% off. I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor for today's episode, AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. My boyfriend and I drink it literally every morning, and we love that it's part of our routine now. Having each other as accountability partners has made it incredibly easy to drink AG1 every day. Plus, we find the taste super refreshing. I gave AG1 a try because I wanted better gut health, more energy, and clearer, brighter skin. I drink AG1 in the morning before working out, and it makes me feel ready to take on my day. I love nourishing my body with my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, prebiotics, and probiotics first thing in the morning. Plus, I get the travel packs, which are perfect for when I'm on the road. Since I've been drinking AG1, I've noticed my digestion is more regular, I have a lot less bloating, and I've actually had less cravings. I've gotten more compliments about my skin, and for the first time in a long time, my nails are feeling long and strong. So, if you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash themorningritual. That's drinkag1.com slash themorningritual. Check it out. And now back to my conversation with Laurent, where we talk about the last stage of doing less to receive more. And then the last stage, <laughs> it's to be able, after noticing them, embracing them, is accepting them and learning how to adapt. Yeah, and I like how you also say, learn your limits. Learn your limits. It's not a bad thing to have limits. Yeah. And that's something, uh, you know, personally, uh, you are younger, Lily, but, uh, you know, with my age, I got, I, I must say that I'm in my late 50s now. I must say that when I start noticing that I couldn't do this very um, busy jumping around yoga practice, I got upset. I said, oh, I'm getting older. I can't do that anymore. I can't do this posture anymore. But then there, there was something to learn beyond that. And the beyond that was doing less. And uh, I must say that my physical practice is very much less than it used to be. But my um, uh, mental practice, my meditative practice, my more subtle practice, it's much greater. In fact, I would say two-thirds is the um, more subtle practices and the other third is the physical yes shift 
So we have to accept the shift. If someone comes to me with, um, I'm trying to think, oh yes, I've got at the moment I've got a friend which has uh, just had a, um, um, an, a, a surgery, cardiovascular surgery, very serious one. And um, he's absolutely all over the place mentally because he realized he has to do less. He can't, he, he, he's just, I, I, can't, I'm, 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 I haven't finished my life. Da, 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 da. I said, well, you're going to have to learn and adapt to your uh, heart condition and your heart surgery and you need to do less. So in life in general, I think if we were more accepting of getting older, uh, accepting that something has changed after surgery, injuries, something uh, difficult in life, when we accept that and we move on, this is how we learn. Accepting death is another one as well, but that's another story, it's another po podcast as well. But, uh, you know, learning our limits, accepting them and adapting is very, very important. A word that's coming to my mind as you speak is honesty, truthfulness. Like meeting yourself exactly where you're at in that day. Think of a relationship and how honesty is, you know, honesty is the best policy. In order for the relationship to grow and in order for you to connect to this person, there must be honesty and truthfulness. And the same goes with the relationship to yourself. So when you can show up and soften into where you're at in that day, and be honest with it, it usually requires doing less. Yeah. Right? Like going back to what we said at the start, finding your true nature, it's shedding the excess. Yeah. And I find, ironically, I gain energy from that. You'd think that going on a big run, and I know that has its benefits, but pushing yourself in a yoga class, pushing through the limits, like you get energy. I find that if I'm really doing less in my physical practice, my breath, my meditation, and exploring the most authentic and natural movement that I can, I float out of those practices with energy that sustains me for the rest of the day. It does. I think it's a time. We, 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 okay, another subject next. It's balancing. It's to be able to balance the, the, the thing. You could do a a, a, a dynamic practice in the morning, but you, you're trying to do less in the afternoon, for example. <clears throat> you know, because doing less doing less constantly, it's not it's possibly not a great thing either. Yeah. yeah? It's, it's, if if you drop into the lethargic kind of sometimes I have to to move uh, myself to be able to I say, okay, Laurent, you spend an entire week doing nothing on the mat, lying on your back. You know, you, you need to do a bit of movement. And yeah, energy is important as well. You don't want to deplete it either. Yeah. Yeah. My teacher always said, strike the balance of effort and ease. Yes, yeah, totally. Yeah. Because even if you practice uh, Scaravelli work, even when you practice somatic practices, which are very much about doing less, uh, there is some real challenge sometimes. And those challenges are triggered in places that you've never been challenged with. So doing less into a place that, oh, I just realized my, I never worked with my neck this way. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, so... Doing less is a practice like another. It's not just falling on the ground 
Of course it is. Being in a restorative yoga class or a nidra or shavasana or doing a, a very soft uh, breathing practice, it is that. But within it, there's this little... In the stage is six or seven, we need to re recognize our imperfection. I, I, I don't want to use the word weakness, it's very negative, but then you know, we understand what it is, or that little blockage. And then we need to do something about that to actually be very, very um, involved in that, in that letting go state, that doing less state. Yeah. And so just to kind of recap, we've talked a lot about doing less and the tips and tricks and practices of doing less. But the second part of that is doing less to receive more. And from what I gather, just to kind of sum it all up, what we receive, I think, is growth, learning, information. What 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 are we receiving? Yes, yeah, so it's it's from a if it's from a, a place of doing less that we receive the feedback of the body because the feedback of the body and the body is a subtle creature. It comes from what we call in yoga prana or energies or this, you know, this feeling that we have only can be received when you stop doing too much. So you receive the discomfort, you receive the <clears throat> noticing that your mind is too busy on that day or perhaps that your breath it's a little bit erratic on that day or, or the positive place as well. I'm not speaking only about negative. It's, it's, it's more about the, the sensorial, the interoception of the body, the feeling of sensing inside inwardly. And when you are very much on the receiving end of, from your body in general, of your being, of your breath, of your physical, of your, of your thoughts, of your, then you are in the same time becoming someone extremely receptive from the people around you. So if you learn how to receive by doing less and you're sensing this and that, I'm feeling this and that, or I'm in a bad mood today, or I'm a bit grumpy, or I'm feeling great, or I'm loving summer, or I've got a bit of hay fever, all this, but just stopping two seconds, then after that, you're able, and if you are a teacher, or if you are someone who works with a lot of people around, then if you know, if you learn how to receive, then you also will learn how to listen others, to receive from others. So com compassionate kind of work. If you're kind to yourself, if you're compassionate to yourself, if you're doing less and you receive and learn from yourself, then the same thing later will happen. Uh, with other people. And that's the very important part of our yoga practice, for example, or even our, our Buddhism, Buddhist practice as well, compassion and kindness. If you allow the brain and the ego to, 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 to do too much, because if you allow the body to do too much because the ego and the brain wants to, you are not receiving the real nature of yourself, which is, um, when I say nature, it's, nature is a big word. Nature is your physical presence, the tissues, the muscle, the bones, the fluidity in your body, but also is to see how your breathing is. So at the energetic level, 
during a, a forceful I see people on the mat doing a posture and I know just by watching that they are doing too much that something in their mind tell them they have to touch their toes for example now they are not receiving anything everything has been locked it's like having gates you're closing everything they're not sensing the ground to start with. They're not sensing their breath. They're not sensing where they pour up in pain. I remember being my lower back pain was something who became a habit because it doesn't matter about the back pain, but what mattered is the shape of my posture. I remember that. Okay, so I learned this, I noticed this, I moved away from it, I'm doing less. My, my forward bend is completely different in 2023 than it was in 1995, completely. So all those elements of being, uh, being a human, it's only perceived is less is done instead of force. It's, 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 for me, it's just clear. Uh, also, the, the annoyance of being in a position, oh, I can't do this, you know, or the mood. So the entire, what the koshas teach as being human in different layers, all these layers have been restricted just by doing too much. All these layers become more clear to you, body, energy, senses, mind, and then bliss at the end, which is about happiness, you're only happy getting there when you're doing less. Okay. Yeah. Do less, people. <laughs> Do less. <laughs> exactly. Wonderful. Well, much. I really appreciated this conversation and the sort of next phase that we'll move into is to put this all into practice. So, okay. Laurent, can you guide us through a meditation yeah we're going to try to do a meditation around the seven steps just to see where can you reach where, where can you go via the seven step now don't get upset if one of the steps that we spoke about doesn't come clear to you because perhaps this is where you are learning you say okay that steps this is something i need to work a little bit more with Shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So now let's start by doing less. And uh, the first stage, it's about uh, arriving and relaxing in the body. It's very simple. Well, or is it? So make sure that you are comfortable. So you could be either seated or lying down, if you want, on your back with a knee bend. And uh, the first thing I always do is to feel the seat, the, re the region, the place where the body meets the support beneath. So it could be if you seated, your two feet or your legs touching the ground and your sitting area touching the chair or the ground as well. If you're on your back, you perhaps feel the back of the head, the shoulders, the arms, the whole torso, the pelvis and your feet on the ground. Just take a moment to arrive. And so take a moment to arrive in your practice. And then take a moment to observe the body as a, an entire, in an entire piece, a body as a whole, 
And so be aware, draw in your mind the shape of your body and feel the presence in a glimpse of your whole body. And uh, start uh, in a glimpse moment, notice perhaps the place of the body which needs a little bit more attention because they're a little agitated. And it could be something very small, or it could be a very part, big segment of your body. So it could be the face, like the jaws might tight, for example, or your, your forehead is uh, a little bit um, tight and creased. Or you suddenly realize you got a knot inside your throat. Or one, the top of the shoulders are lifting without you realizing unconsciously. Or perhaps the tissues around your heart are feeling a little tense today, or the, the you you don't realize you, you. So soften all this. Start to relax the process of relaxation. I often here people receive a bit of tension in the abdomen sometimes. So maybe you you let go of the abdomen and uh, you soften the groins as well. That's the other region where we feel a bit of tension your thighs, your knees, all the way down to the feet. Have a little look. Which place needs perhaps a bit more attention? And with willingness, just soften that place. Stay a little moment with it. Which is taking us, we could blend the next stage, which is the breath and the exhalation. So if you have a place in the body which feels a little tense, maybe you could send an exhalation towards that place. So if you pay attention to your breath for a moment and you watch your inhalation and your exhalation, just watch it, watch the natural rhythm of your breath. Watch it inhaling through the nose, exhaling through the nose, or maybe inhaling in the chest, exhaling in the chest, or in the abdomen. It's up to you. It doesn't really matter. But after a while, what I allow you to do is to start elongating your exhalation. To make it a little longer. Now, be careful. What I didn't say is strain your exhalation. It's very easy to try to do too much. Here we go. Doing less with your exhalation here. And let it unfold. Remember that state of doing less, it's about allowing. It's not about doing. So exhaling and allowing the exhalation to become very long. Or maybe today very long is not possible. Maybe you only breathe a little longer than two or three seconds instead of 10. And that's okay. And if that part of the body that you, you had difficulty with to relax, maybe send that exhalation towards it. You inhale and the exhalation unfold. You let it happen. You're not being part of it. That's something happened naturally. It's unconscious, it's involuntary. Your exhalation is nice and long. And that's gonna take you from a state perhaps of um, hyperactivity, agitation, to a state of softening, become more aware of suddenly you realize how the body starts relaxing. 
perhaps during this breath awareness and during the exhalation, you could add something which uh, helps to anchor this need of doing less. And this is something that we call an intention or resolve. In Yoga Nidra, we call it a Sankalpa. So you could uh, use a, a little one. I could offering one to you today, if you like. You could repeat to yourself, with the next exhalation, I'm doing less today. Or, if you prefer, another one for you. I practice mindfully and slowly. Choose the one who resonates best for you, or maybe create your own. So I repeat, either use I am doing less today, or I practice mindfully and slowly, or perhaps one that you prefer for yourself. And you add it to your exhalation. You add the exhalation and the intention, and look at the way the body responds to this. Look at the way your body responds to both a very physical invitation with the breath and a very mental invitation with the intention and the, and the resolve. You, you're preparing your body for the next stage of doing less. And you're starting sensing this uh, state blossoming within you, feeling of like, ah, I'm here. And there's nothing which is going to disturb me. I'm with myself. Which is taking us to the next stage. Within a state where the body is very relaxed, that the breath is uh, natural, but soothing and calming, then you could start uh, developing a sense of being an observer. And so you start uh, looking the body like uh, you are experiencing, you are visiting a new place or you are vis visiting a landscape. Like if you're looking a new painting, you're looking at your body as an explorer. You're watching as an observer. And by doing so, you might rediscover or discover things that you may have forgotten. Or perhaps things that you never seen before. Or oh, I didn't realize I'm breathing this way. Or oh, I didn't realize this part of the body is moving with the breath or is tense. Or, you know, you're starting having drawing the landscape of the entire being. I didn't realize my thought was like this. I didn't realize my mood is like this today. So you're painting a drawing of yourself. You're embracing the presence of yourself and you're doing it into an intention of letting go all goals and all destinations in total mindful presence. You don't know what's going to happen next. 
you don't know what is the end of this. You're just being with yourself. And by noticing with this intention of no goals, no ending product, no destination, you are able to embrace, embrace some imperfection. Because those imperfections are very much part of yourself. And instead, instead to run away from them, we are facing them with kindness, with gentleness, with compassion. Those imperfections are something that we learn from. This is why we don't want to judge them or criticize them or making story around them. We need to consider this imperfection as a way to grow into the state of doing less. We are faced with all these different little things which is making us good or bad. Positive, negative, perfect, imperfect. We suddenly realize that there's no need to push ourselves into any kind of limits. We're accepting these different perfection and perfection. We're learning from them. And if there's a need, we will be able to adapt or change or grow. Doing less teach us how to be with those so that we can move forward happily, peacefully, so that we can adjust our practices, ourselves, our daily life based on what we learn. Take a deeper inhalation, take a deeper exhalation, and then start revisiting your body. So you come back to your breath, then you come back to your body. You might touch it with your hands. You might move the head a little bit. You might roll the shoulders. Thank you so much. Well, this is really quick. What we've done in 10 minutes, ideally, we need to look. You could split this in four, five, or six different techniques. But 
This is to give you an idea. Thank you so much. And I think after that conversation and meditation, there's a few more morning ritual penny drops. Exactly. Collaborations. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, exactly. You could go deeper. But also, um, I, we're certainly going to do something similar in September. Yeah. Yeah. So in September, I'll be hosting a yoga retreat in the English countryside. And Laurent will be there leading yoga. Yes. And I am so excited. That's a lovely reminder. Thank you, Laurent. I'll put the info in that in the show notes below for our listeners to. Yeah. And the, and the actual theme, uh, it's very much what we are going is, is uh, the, the, the theme. It's um, because it's September time. It's about transition from summer to autumn. And within ourselves, it's transition from a very busy, uh, fiery season to a place where we are doing less. So the Yoga Nidra will actually very much resonate to what we've been speaking about today. It's going to be very much inviting people to uh, uh, look, you know, Summertime, you're running around, you're going to the beach, you're loving your flip-flop, your ice cream, you jump in the water, blah, 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 blah. It's fantastic. Uh, you know, it's very difficult to sit down in in, in feel. I mean, I'm, my meditation goes out of the way in the summer. But in the autumn, wow, the fire, uh, the the darker, the candles, it's much nicer. So that's that's what we're going to be doing in, in September during your retreat. So I'm looking forward to that. Yes. Oh, I can't wait. And I thank you so much for coming on. And I'm so pleased we got to do this. And I like to end every episode with a nice nourishing breath in. Cleansing breath out. And have a lovely day. Thank you so much for inviting me. See you soon. Thank you, Laurent. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus.